What up, though? Yo, growing up, I only ever had two constants in my life. My granddad's basement and my granddad's basement. There's something you can ride to, something you can vibe to, something you can chill to, something you can smoke to, something that'll make you think, something that'll make you feel good. I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? 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 What is good, everybody? Welcome to the basement. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment was Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? That's uh, some lyrics from the song Rattle. Uh, Check it out. Uh, Easter Easter is upon us. Yesterday was Good Friday. Today we we sit in silence and, and mourn. And tomorrow we celebrate the good news that Jesus Christ is risen. If you's a Christian, and even if you're not, uh, it's an interesting piece uh, of just world history. There's uh, plenty, plenty of evidence to suggest the man Yeshua, Jesus, was a real, a real individual. He's in a lot of historical documents. Um, you know, I got, I got questions like everybody about the actual, the Bible itself, uh, just the way it was put together, the way man may have manipulated it throughout time you know through translations missed translations uh things may be manipulated to fit added or removed the scribes there's definitely things that were added proven to be added but nonetheless i mean it's difficult to deny jesus and i'm just kind of randomly spitballing right now i'm not going to get too deep into theology or anything like that so just 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 stick with me for a minute but i find it interesting like just the the presence, the being of of Jesus. Um, I don't know if there's logical denying that he was a, a true individual. Just Bible, that's that's a written depiction to to you know that it, it's that's written history. All right, and then Jesus also shows up in the Quran. The difference between Jesus and Christianity and Jesus and Islam. Uh, so Jesus in Christianity was. Uh, born of a virgin, you know, God placed Jesus in Mother Mary's womb. He was born, he, you know, put on the skin, walked with us, uh, grew a, a great following by, by the thousands in a very short period of time. People deemed him very, very dangerous of the time. Ultimately, he was sentenced to death in his very early 30s uh, by crucifixion, was, was beaten, tortured, hung on a cross, uh, on a Friday that we now celebrate Good Friday, and I, I guess the days would be debatable as well. We really, really think back about history, and you know, like, hell, my great grandfather didn't even know his real name, you know, till he was a very old man, like into his sixties. You know, finally saw his birth certificate. So I'm just saying, records keeping uh, may may have been a little bit skewed on on, on the days here, uh, but nonetheless, we was we recognized the death of Christ on on a Friday. And uh, resurrected three days later. They count the Friday as day one. Um, and then Saturday and then Sunday, day three, 
the resurrection, and he was back on earth for for another 40 days before uh, God resurrected him up to heaven to sit uh, to the right hand of the throne. And then in, uh, in Islam, Jesus was born of a virgin, you know, gained a big following, you know, performed miracles and was resurrected as a man was never crucified. He was resurrected as a walking man up into heaven and is considered in Islam the second to the last prophet. Uh, and the prophet, <clears throat> the great prophet Muhammad is the, uh, is the true last prophet of God who wrote down, who, who wrote the Quran as transcribed through the, the word of God. So, it's a, you know, just interesting dichotomy between the two, uh, the two religions, but they both recognize Jesus. And depending on where you come from could be dependent on, on what you follow. And it's the same God, right? So, uh, but it's just interesting, you know, this, this, you know, as Easter comes to an end as, as, as if you're practicing, uh, following Lent, that's coming to an end. I hope your fasts went well, whatever you were abstaining from. Uh, but I'm just, just kicking back, you know, enjoyed, enjoyed Good Friday yesterday. You know, uh, I fasted until 3 p.m. The hours, you know, the hour thing is weird, too. You think about it, it's debatable, like, what day things happened. You know, the hours, like, how could that possibly be correct? The hours of which things happened. And, and who knows? Who knows? Um, but for the sake of being a practicing Christian or practicing anything, you got to have rules and regulations to, to what you're practicing. And they say Jesus died at 3 p.m. That's what they recognize. He was on the cross for X amount of hours. Uh, and in this hour, this happened, you know, clouds rolled in. In this hour, he, you know, he passed and there was a great earthquake and split a, uh, the tabernacle in half. Um, so on and so forth. But uh, I, I fasted all day until 3 p.m. That was, that was to be the hour in which uh, Jesus died. So that's how I uh, took in good Friday, you know, my kids had off school, so we were just kind of kicking it all day. I got a little bit of business handled. Um, and tomorrow's Easter. So the end of Lent. So I'm going to try to get up stupid early. I've actually been sleeping. So I went on this streak of getting up early, getting up, you know, between four 30 and five 30 any given day. And then daylight savings hit kind of shifted my circadian rhythm. I haven't fully adjusted. So now I'm getting up between like five 30 and like six, which would have been four 30 or five a few months ago or a few weeks ago. But now getting up, uh, like around six is probably the norm. Still getting up like first in the house going to bed last, waking up first. Um, but I like to be up like between 4.30 and 5.30. So I'm really up, get a little bit of time to myself, get a little bit of worship in, a little bit of prayer, a little bit of stretching, you know, get myself cleaned up, ready for the day, enjoy my coffee, uh, maybe do a little bit of reading, maybe a little bit of journaling first thing in the morning. But I've been sleeping in and it's wild to think like 6 a.m. Is, is sleeping in, but it definitely is definitely sleeping in. So tomorrow for Easter Sunday, I'm going to try to get up like 4.35, roll over to this hiking trail that's like maybe less than two miles from the crib. And there's this this spot. I went on a hike there a few weeks ago. I don't remember if I, uh, a few months ago at this point, I don't remember if I ever spoke on, on this on the podcast, but I went hiking and I'm just kind of, I'm unfamiliar to the trail. So I'm just going and there's a few, there's like really, Tucson's really uh, outdoorsy. There's there's a lot to do for outdoors people, riding bikes, mountain climbing, uh, hiking trails galore. So, uh, excuse me, I hit this hiking trail and you just go, you take like 
the second or maybe it's the third right. I have to find it again from out there. And then you go a little bit. It's probably like two, two and a half miles in. And there's a clearing. Hold, hold up. I got to take this call. Pause. What's up, bro? All right. And we're back. So that was just, uh, that was just a quick business call. But I was talking about hiking, uh, going hiking. And there's this, there's this clearing. Uh, on this this trail by my house, so Tucson's real real cool, real outdoorsy. A lot to do, biking, uh, like uh, mountain biking, off trail or uh, on trails, and then off trail street biking, bicycling as well. You know, hiking galore. There's 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 a lot of things to do, like outdoorsy, biosphere, gaze at the star nights. There's really cool things going on all around all around Tucson, all around Pima County. Right, so tomorrow I'm gonna try to get up real early, uh, like 4:35 if I can, and it's just like two miles from the crib. I'm gonna go on on to this hiking trail. Douglas Fir is part of the Coronado uh, National Park East, but it's not within the national park. Uh, Coronado National Forest, but not within the national park. So public access. Well, national parks are public access too, but uh, free free access. You know, get you a parking spot take on a hike. So I'm looking forward to going. I found this clearing. I think I mentioned it on the podcast before. I had this really, really wild energy there. I feed off energies. I'm some type of an empath. And so I'm looking forward to just chilling there, watching the sunrise, kicking it for an hour or two, just doing some meditating, doing some breath work, and then uh, hiking back and doing uh, uh, Easter baskets with the family. Now roll into a little bit of brunch and then an Easter egg hunt and just, uh, just celebrate Easter. And then, uh, so I, uh, that was just a business call I just took. So speaking of business, you know, as I think about my transition out of real estate and into this handyman company, I just want to give kind of my perspective on, on why, what is going on, my thoughts of business and real estate, because real estate's a, a hot topic right now. People think we're in this housing bubble, 2008, 2009, the, the economic crash, uh, is fresh in people's minds still. Uh, that's actually like a generational uh, event that happened. Like I can't imagine living during the Great Depression and uh, throughout the 1920s, the stock market crashed and just uh, everybody became impoverished. So I can't imagine what that was like living through that. But I did live through the housing crash of 2008, 2009, and seeing that and understanding why. And then fast forwarding to now, 2022, uh, and seeing what's going on within real estate are two completely different things. So let's go start 2008, 2009. That actually began in the 90s. The Bill Clinton administration deregulated housing, uh, meaning that loan officers, like they were basically giving away houses. They were controlling the real estate industry. Anybody and everybody basically with a pulse could buy a house. And that's not... Okay. All right. Hindsight 2020. But at the same time, like derp, uh, obviously, uh, you're just giving away houses to people who couldn't afford houses. Of course, the housing market's going to crash. And a lot of people lost a lot of things. A lot of people lost everything. Um, and that's actually one of my bigger regrets in life, like 2009, 2010, not buying a house. I had a stable income. I was in the military, first and 15th paycheck, VA loan uh, eligible at the time. 
still to this day, but you have to serve for a certain amount of time before you're VA loan eligible. And I was, I was serving for long enough to be qualified for a VA loan. I should have bought a house then and began like investing in real estate at that time. Uh, nonetheless, I didn't. And that's one of the things I preach forward today, like to all veterans, like utilize your VA benefits and utilize them as early as possible. You have a steady paycheck, uh, and, and you're qualified. So go go get that house. Start establishing yourself as a property owner in this country. Anyways, I didn't regret it. You know, lesson learned. I preach my story uh, moving forward. Uh, so now f- let's go to 2018 when I buy my first house. Uh, or Not when I buy my first house. That is when I bought my first house. But when I become a realtor, I realized very quickly... Or, Hang on, sorry, I was I was on a different track. The uh, so that's what caused the housing market to crash. People couldn't buy houses, so that changed the way housing went entirely. Like so, that really locked up the way loan officers are able to operate and the way realtors, in turn, had to operate for the be- you know for the betterment and to have fiduciary duties of people buying houses. Meaning, you do what's best for the client. First, it doesn't matter what your commission is. It doesn't matter what you think. You're guiding and advising proper and appropriately for these people to be secure in their investment of their home. So that's that's how that works. So right there, you cannot buy a house if you're not qualified to buy a house. And there are a lot of checks and balances in place to assure that is the case. All right. So you can't even go buy a house if you're not qualified to buy a house. So we're like, so right now, 2008, 2009, the crash is fresh in people's minds, like I was saying, and we're not in the same situation. So people think we're in this housing bubble right now, but we're not. There's a housing crisis right now. So basic economics is is what's driving property values up, people's equity up, the values of houses up. In 2008, 2009, the values kept going up, 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 but it, it was it was fake. It was, that's why everything crashed. That was the bubble burst, you know, legitimately. So now there are there's very low amount of houses for sale just nationally and in order for that to change there has to be more houses built now builders cannot build houses at the rate of the demand for houses because of the supply chain we can't get all the materials needed in a timely manner uh, to include wood being the main one there's a shortage of wood globally all right we've trimmed back a lot of trees a lot of deforestation has happened uh in order to get more housing there's going to be more deforestation coming soon, which is going to be a, a whole other uh, world crisis or North American crisis up front. I just say, just keep your keep your keep your ears and eyes out for that. Um, but so the demand for houses is high; it's higher than it's ever been with the way population growth has been uh, up to, to recent times. And I think we're at a actually a steady decline with pandemic, I think if, if I heard correctly, and if not, whatever, you know, fuck me. Um, so the demand is high, but the supply is very, very low. Like I live in a city right now, there's like two weeks uh, inventory of housing, meaning if no more houses went on market starting today, it would take two weeks for every house that's on the market right now to sell out. That is a seller's market. That's also a shortage of houses. Uh, and a healthy market is about a six-month supply of houses. That means you can be picky. You can take your time. Houses are going to sit on the market for two, three months average time. Uh, that's just not the case right now. So as a buyer, you have a lot of 
benefits, a lot of advantages when going to buy a house. I mean, interest rates, they're at still historic lows, still at all-time lows. Yes, they're going up, but they were down during the pandemic to sustain the economy. Realize that. Interest rates in the twos, in the threes, that was to keep people active in the economy buying houses. The economy was, a lot of it was shut down. So there was not a lot of tax funds being generated. Okay, well, how can the government still operate? We still need to generate some taxes from somewhere. Property taxes, you know, people are buying, you know, $100,000 to million plus dollar properties. There's a lot of taxes in all those, those brackets. So interest rates went low. That was the incentive to buy houses. Now, interest rates are going up. They're just going where they're supposed to be. It's some some sense, you know, universal balance, economic balance. Like that's that's what's going on right now. So there's no there's no bubble. Okay, there's just no houses for sale. All right, so that's what's causing the market to go up. On top of no houses being for sale, when I became a realtor in 2018, I very very quickly realized realtors are being phased out. Okay, so what I mean by that. Zillow. Now, Zillow, they're buying up all kinds of houses. That's the biggest name that you know. So I go to them first. Um, If you're looking for a house, you're looking on Zillow. If you're looking for what your house is worth, that's where you look, even though that their numbers are, they're way off. Uh, And what Zillow is, it's a lead generation website. So realtors pay to have their name attached to Zillow. So if you're looking in your zip code and uh, just whatever, 55431, just a Minneapolis zip code. If you're looking there, there's a realtor assigned to that zip code. They pay a certain amount of money. So every house you look at on Zillow in that Minneapolis zip code, uh, that's Bloomington, I think, but nonetheless, uh, you know, uh, Hennepin County zip code, that realtor's name is going to come up. And that's a big enough area. There's probably, you know, three, four, five, two, uh, 20 realtors assigned to, to one zip code. So, but they pay for that, right? Uh, they pay for that advertisement. And then when you're calling on the house, the call goes to them. So that's what Zillow is. It's, it's, a, it's a lead generation website. It's not a house shopping website, just so you know. They pull off the multiple listing system. All right. The multiple listing system is the national realtor house system. So a house goes on market, a realtor puts it in MLS, Zillow, realtor.com, truly, 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 all, all the houses, all the websites you're looking for houses on pull off the MLS. All right. So that's how that all works. All right. So, and they're not the only one. All right. So there's open door. You've probably heard of them. There's offer pad. You've probably heard of them. And I'm sure in your local area that there's even more. So what, just like traveling, I say realtors are the modern day travel agents. If I try to look at life with as much foresight as possible, looking at historical trends and the way society moves. Okay. When you could purchase an airline ticket online, you have zero need now for a travel agent, okay? And I'm just kind of seeing this firsthand. My dad was a travel agent, and his profession is more or less phased out. Yes, there's companies that are large enough and travel enough to where they will hire a, a travel agent, There's also companies who are going to just have somebody in-house who are booking travel for people. And I've been that guy before. And when I was in the military, I was booking people's flights. That was part of my job. I became a travel agent. Because it's all advertised publicly, you don't need that middleman. And that's what's happening with realtors. All right, You can just go online and push a button, get connected with somebody selling a house and go buy that house. Now, is that advantageous for you? No, you don't have anybody advocating for 
you as a as a client in the biggest investment in your house uh, in your in your life uh, when buying a house. All right. So, but that is it's subtly changing. They're going to get that figured out. And, and right now, honestly, the, the, it might be figured out. It might be figured out for you because in the market here in Tucson, it's basically what you see is what you get. And we're not going to negotiate anything about that. It's really tough because there's a supply shortage. So that's going to become the normal. And when society does catch up, if society does catch up and there are a sustainable amount of houses, it's already, it's already going to be a state of mind where you just go buy a house. So either you're buying a new house, so you have no negotiations there anyways, or the mindset has already been established in which what you see is what you get. And yeah, you can go do your due diligence on the house, get a home inspection. You know, we're not going to negotiate anything about it. The home inspection is just for you to know what's going on with the house. So I see all these things happening. Uh, I see realtors being phased out. I see a shortage of houses. I see a very long time before there is a sustainable amount of houses for there to be a healthy market. And I see my way out. So that's kind of my, my perspective on real estate at the moment and why I'm transitioning out. You know, people kind of look at me, people look at me wild sometimes because I'm, I've never lived within the box, but people say at 14 years, you got out of the military. Uh, yeah. You just didn't want to stick around for Shut up. Shut up. I don't want to hear, you don't know what you're talking about. It was time for me to go. Like, you don't want to stick around 20 years to do the retirement. Shut up. All right, you 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 changed your your best man the night before the the ceremony of your wedding. Yep, yeah, man, I'd be doing shit. Like, what? <laughs> I'd be doing shit. Shit, shit got uh, shit got emotional, and we we flip a table over from time to time. Oh, the real estate market is banging. Realtors make a lot of money. Realtors, da, 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 da. you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything about entrepreneurship. All you see is uh, Barbara from Shark Tank or these house flipping shows, and think that it's the the easiest thing you could possibly do. It's very challenging. It's a very challenging career uh, profession. And to be successful, you know, those who are successful do make a lot of money. And I just got to say, uh, I, it's not for me. We'll leave it at that until I'm until I'm I'm completely free and clear of this. I will I will reserve all editorial comments on uh, uh, all editorial comments on why I'm fully getting out of real estate. But those that what I have said already that is the the main the top of the list. All right, the realtors are getting phased out. There is a shortage of houses, and it's not for me. Why it's not for me? Uh, I'll I'll tell you at a later date and time. Uh, and it has nothing to do with. It has nothing to do with the people that I work. It has nothing to do with my colleagues. We'll put it like that. So that's uh, that's all I have to say about that on this fine uh, fine Saturday afternoon as I look out at the the Rincon Mountains. Uh, before I go, I, I was paging through. I was paging through my twenty twenty one uh, notebook, and I'm in end of September or early October here. Yeah, there's no date on this. Uh, on this entry, which is interesting, but the next, the next date is from October third, and the previous date is from October twelfth. Nope, that's not right. I was taking notes on a wedding that I performed, that or that I uh, was the officiant on on October twelfth. So my last entry was September twenty third, twenty twenty one, and then it jumps forward to October third. So sometime between there. 
uh, I wrote down some notes. I just want to break into these before I get up out of here. And I, I wrote down uh, care for the vessel means slowing down. Okay, it goes from there. So, uh, so I'm, I'm breaking down. So I write in like my own shorthand to break down later when I can really expand upon thoughts. And I'm thinking, you know, for like writing a book purposes, are these notes? They're not so much for podcast purposes, at least without analyzing beforehand. But uh, care for the best vessel, you know, means slowing down. All right. So that, that's one thought. And as I, as I think about it, I'm really heavy transition here. So I'll talk a little bit about Easter, talk a little bit about business. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, personal life, caring for the body, mental health, physical health. But, but for me, like I worked out in like in the gym from the age of 16 to let's just say 32. I think it was right before my 32nd birthday when I really finally stopped working out. Yeah, because Megan was pregnant. Big G was born in 2017. So my, my body started to break down. Now, I, I, I abused it those last few years. I had from 20, 2014 to 2017, I was on steroids far more than I was off steroids. And long term, I find it a little beneficial, strengthening of tendons, you know, uh, grow, grown growth within muscle fibers, a physical strength. I was on growth hormone for almost a year of that time, like most of 2016 or mid-2016 into 2017. That, I I stand by growth hormone. I love me some growth hormone, unless, unless you have cancer. Growth hormone makes everything grow. Uh, including tumors, uh, so so be careful. Uh, and I, you know, I don't advocate anybody uh, use any illegal substances. Uh, but care for the vessel means slowing down. So I was going hard, and then I got to a point where I started going too hard, redlining for for years, years in a row. So, but after 16 years of just going extremely, extremely hard in the gym, just my body really started to break down. Now, midway through there, I was in my early 20s, I got a diagnosis of spinal stenosis in my back. It's narrowing of the spinal channel. Uh, everybody gets stenosis, all right? You live long enough, your spinal can, your canal kind of shrinks. It makes you hunch over your spine. The discs start to degenerate in your spine. And let anybody with like a hunchback, old person, it's stenosis, what's going on there. And eventually, like if you don't keep stretching it out, keep it loose, keep popping your back, I mean, your spine is going to it's going to fuse together. All right. So just keeping loose, but I had to totally, I, I recognized that, realized some of the pains I was in and realized I really need to slow down. Let me take some years out of the gym. All right. I'll get back in there, but let me just stretch, you know, change my diet, change some of these habits, really get focused on repairing my body and letting my body rest for a few years. While at that time, my son now sons, but we, we, we planned on having two. We planned on having two close together. So uh, whether it was boy or girl, there just happened to be two boys. Uh, I knew that I, I had to spare and regain some reps, meaning reps to have with my kids, time spent going hard, playing sports, coaching sports, teaching sports, just and even playing, playing with kids up, down, rolling around, rough and, tu rough and tumble play, all, all the things dads do or should do. Uh, I'm going to be involved in that, so I need to have my body in check for that. And I'm to a point now, like I feel really, really good physically. I actually got 
asked to go golf the other day. I was I had to decline. And I want to golf. I used to be an avid golfer and I was good, y'all. I was good at golf, but I had to respectfully decline just for the sake of my body. I can't do that twisting motion. My back is 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 a problem. And for for a decade Plus, I mean, ultimately, you get a diagnosis in your early 20s. You have spinal stenosis. You had early onset spinal stenosis, you know, throughout puberty. It just was caught then just due to I got in some car accidents. I got some weightlifting injuries. So it's like the military sent me to get an MRI and we, you know, discovered what was going on back there. So just care for the body. So slow down. Be focused on your body. And then the next note in that entry, um, under it, it reads, understanding of evolution of enlightenment through Darwinian evolution in this lifetime. Okay, so pay attention to all things. The signs may lead you somewhere you ought to be. All right. So that, there's a little bit of depth there. Let me try to, let me try to swim you know, dive in and, and swim around there and then we'll get up out of here. But understanding of evolution of enlightenment through Darwinian evolution in this lifetime. So Darwinian evolution, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, you know, for change of a species, you know, we're continually evolving. We're in the middle of evolution right now. You know, we used to be something, we're something now and we're on our way, the human species, all species, but the human species on our way to be something else. So what is, how do you understand then the evolution of enlightenment, having a clear conscience, you know, doing the things that you're supposed to be doing as, as a human, as a man, as a woman, as a father, as a wife, as, as a child? Are you, you know, is your, is your mental health clear? Are you seeing things with clarity? Are you asking for clarity? You know, do you, do you have the foresight of decisions? Do you have willpower to do the right thing, to stick to what you're supposed to be doing? But so, and, and I don't know what enlightenment is to you. To me, it's just a continual moments of happiness. Happiness is fleeting. So how many moments of happiness in a row can you string together? And in moments of unhappiness or weakness, you know, where you feel like lashing out, how do you handle that? All right. Some don't handle it well. I don't handle it well. Often. All right. You know, I think ego steps up when challenged and how you respond to that challenge, you know, can let you know how in check your ego is. And sometimes you just may be out of control. Sometimes you may not be seeing things clearly. All right. But what is enlightenment to you? I think it's just how how positive you can be, how much of the change you want to see right? Is that Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, be the change you want to see in the world? Uh, How much of the change are you being? All right. What do you want to put forth? What do you want your legacy to be? What is yours? I've said mine over and over again for my grandkids to tell a positive story about me to their kids. All right. Because a lot of people don't have that. They don't, they don't, or they don't allow that opportunity to happen or they're focused on somewhere else. They're missing the mark in the most important aspect of life, and that is the story you leave behind that your children tell, that your grandchildren tell, all right? Depending on circumstance, maybe they're your great-grandchildren may tell. Like, I know a couple of my great-grandparents, all right? So pay attention to all things. The signs may lead you somewhere you ought to be. So all things, 
just as we're as we're focusing on on life and this this enlightened mind, this positive legacy we want to leave as we're as we're changing every day, we're, we're changing, we're growing, we're we're yearning for for knowledge. All right, to be the ones uh, to, who understand people. All right, how to interact with people. All right, pay attention to all the things in your surroundings. You know, are there coincidences? I don't think there's coincidence. I think everything is kind of foretold. All right. We're going through the steps and pay attention to those steps and all things that are presented to you. All right. And follow through. Take opportunities when shown, when given. All right. Those signs may lead you to the place that you ought to be. I got presented an opportunity recently uh, and I'm not going to. It's it's too early. I have a, I have another meeting before I may uh, be going on to do things, but it's something that's could it's a door opens. All right. Do I, do I have the capability and, and capacity to walk through? Can my family handle it? Can my business handle it? You know, it would involve some travel even for a couple of days. Me being away from my current situation for a couple of days is huge. If I'm taking any time away from my family, I don't care if it's a minute, a minute away from my family better be worth it. It better be just Excuse me. It better be justifiable. So I, I got another a meeting to have on this opportunity to see if I can justify it. And then it's a matter of fitting the timeline in. But these people really want me for something. All right. And now can I can I go forward and do it? And is it a right fit? All right. It's it's a, it's a big shining bells and whistles. Hey, a big opportunity. A lot of people would immediately try to rush at and grab a hold of, but I'm a little different. I need to analyze the full situation. I don't, it doesn't necessarily mean anything to me, right? If I don't do it, but if I do, 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 do it, it, uh, it could open uh, the next opportunity, the next opportunity in a way that I wasn't even prepared for. All right. Or it could just be something I let fleet because it's not right for my family circumstances at this time. You know, there's something going on in May. I got, I got some family things to attend to in May. I got some family uh, out of uh, in in Phoenix, Arizona. I gotta go handle. I got Megan has some family in Michigan. We're gonna go up and, and kick it with them. And then uh, we got Mother's Day. We got uh, Megan's birthday is in May. Uh, we got a lot of things going on. I'm transitioning out of this real estate and trying to get my company fully up and started. So every little bit of time needs to be accounted for and. and uh, really in check. So we'll see. We'll see what uh what this opportunity brings, but you know, my eyes eyes are open seeing things clearly and I I I pray every night for uh for clarity for clarity of outcome of the d- decisions that I may make. All right, and be presented with the proper decisions that can benefit all those in my circle. And this is actually is one of those opportunities that could really really become beneficial and put me in front of the right people. It could also be, all right, part of the devil's playground lingering over my shoulder trying to reel me in to a realm in which I need not be. And I only want to be in the places I ought be. All right, I'm going to get up out of here on that. Everybody be cool. Check on a vet. Hug your loved ones. Happy Easter. He is risen. Chill. Feels good to be king When I your subjects are broken little things
was good to be kind But it's the only thing that keeps you alive And I'm alone most of the time now Now I'm the only one worth hanging around And I can really put my roots down now I'm the only one in town Feels good to be home But I can really get this pain off my chest No one knows the trouble I've seen And what that trouble gets Heavy weight on my mind From all the stuff that I saw Warm bodies and fresh meat It's all the same to the law And I'm alone most of the time now I'm the only one worth hanging about and My mom says I watch too much TV And sit too long on the couch to be cold I don't worry about girls and stuff Feels like I'm the new president but I ain't seen one this tough Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement.